Welcome to the Happy Holy Podcast. I'm Anna Marie Frank, a doctor of traditional naturopathy and certified brain health professional. Now, those of you that know Happy Holy You, you know that we are all about health and well-being, and we combine all the physical aspects, nutritional aspects, as well as the energetic and emotional aspects to well-being. So on this podcast, you guys, you are going to get a variety of information with different topics that can range from brain health all the way to how your energy field impacts your overall health and well-being. Now, let me remind you that we are not giving medical advice on this podcast, and these are just our personal experiences and information that we are sharing. If you do have any physical or any mental challenges going on in your life, we highly recommend that you seek a medical professional that you have a strong relationship with. All right, you guys, we are going to get started. So here we go. Hey, you guys, I have a special guest today and she is like so kind. Her name is Denise Seanwald and she is a dedicated registered nurse for over 30 years and has seamlessly transitioned into a nationally licensed mental health counselor. And she's also a published author and she's based out of Sarasota, Florida. She has a deep understanding of the emotional challenges faced by patients and their families and Denise's holistic approach. She integrates mental and physical well-being and as a spiritual teacher and certified family mediator she brings a unique perspective to her private practice and she's offering support to clients nationwide through virtual sessions and Denise is committed to nurturing both body and mind providing flexible and accessible care for individuals couples families and even young thinkers starting at age four so I'm excited to have this conversation with Denise and I hope you guys will grab something from this conversation and here we go. Awesome. Denise, thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. All right. So why don't you share with everyone a little bit about who you are and how you've gotten to where you are today? I started my career over 30 years ago. I was an ICU nurse working in critical care. And one of the things that I loved about working with the body is the body's very sophisticated. So it, it explains to you exactly through symptoms what's going on or what's wrong. And I love that. I felt like I understood how the body worked medically and I thought that was fantastic. Years later, when I wanted to transition to do something a little bit differently, I decided to go into mental health. And I felt at first that mental health was so vague you know, why do people have yeah. anxiety? Some people have depression, maybe that's family history. And I just felt like it was all really blurry. Like I couldn't really link why other than listening to people talk about problems, how that all fit into why the body does what it does until I started seeing a lot of patterns, different emotions sort of would sit in different parts of the body. And then I really started studying energy and I learned sort of the science of mental health and how the body is impacted. And it's just fascinating feel. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I know. I always say that most physical ailments that we have are manifested from an emotional ailment. And sometimes I see that it's our own stuff. And sometimes I think it's through lineage that we 
are getting these frequencies that just get passed on to us because it doesn't like it to me I think about like it doesn't make sense why some people have certain illnesses especially when they're younger and then as I have seen patterns in my own practice as well it is fascinating how you start linking things together so share with us what do you remember like an aha moment that you had or you know as you were linking this together what was like that that pivot point for you to really dive into this and you know not a lot of people even look at energy medicine it's true one of the things when i was in the icu my aha moment was i looked around one night in the unit and i realized that most of the people that were patients had sort of not neglected their health or had done something that resulted in them being in very critical condition. And I thought to myself, if I'm ever a patient in the ICU, I don't wanna be it, the reason because I neglected my own health. And then when I started to work in mental health, I realized it was the same thing. It's things that we just sort of sweep under the rug and we don't wanna address. And then when they come out physically, we'll say, well, I have a family history of that. I work in manual labor, so I have a bad back, which certainly can contribute to that. But I started to see these patterns and I thought, how does this all work? At the time I was working with a psychiatrist who said, you really need to start studying energy. And I really had never heard of chakras or anything like that. And so for probably for the past nine or 10 years, I've really sort of been looking at energy and why the body does what it does, because it doesn't just get sick that manifests, which I thought was just fascinating and how a lot of it really starts on the mental health platform. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, we forget that our thoughts can reprogram our biology. Yes. And I, when I give talks about this, I always say, you know, we have to remember we can change our thought in 150 milliseconds, which will change our biology in 150 milliseconds. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's turning off that worry brain and yeah. And shifting into a more positive, optimistic light, and it'll do so much for our bodies. So what are some patterns that you see in terms of mental health? Say people that are anxious, have anxiety, what are some physical ailments that you notice that those people tend to show up with? One of the things that I have noticed for many is the mind becomes very undisciplined. One, I think we're very overstimulated. I think children are overstimulated. We have too much going on. And we start to act on every thought. And then how I describe it is we go down the rabbit hole. A thought will come in and then we start to catastrophize and what this means. And what we don't realize is that the body is cued by the mind. So the body is preparing, not knowing that a lot of this is imagined, the body thinks it's happening. And so the body gets extremely stressed and then people get very committed to the way that they think. Every thought starts to manifest into, oh, this could be a problem and what if this happens and, and so forth, not realizing how stressful that is on the body. Yeah. Anxiety is something like 75 hertz. These low vibrational energies are really a wonderful opportunity for physical ailments to come in and do whatever they got to do. Yeah. Yeah. And those, and those hurts, those frequencies that when we are living in those low vibrational frequencies, it feels dense. It feels heavy. And I know myself struggling with my mental health and having depression in the past, 
and how I used to feel compared to how I feel now, mm-hmm. it's very, very different. And it's my body responds differently to how my mind is now versus how my mind used to be. And so, and I, I think I love how you said, you know, people will say, oh, well, it's my job or it's, it's genetics or it's family history. And we've so normalized, we've normalized being ill and we've normalized, well, it's not my fault. This just happened to me. So getting control of the mind, well, it's everything really. (laughs) I always say, you can, if we can reprogram a computer, you can reprogram your mind, you know, and I had to do that with myself. So that reprogramming is, is really, really important. So one thing I've noticed with, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but people that are tend to be very anxious. I noticed that they have digestive issues, loose bowels are two really main ones. And then skin issues. Those yes. are three things I, you've noticed that as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then the interesting thing, another sort of a consequence of anxiety is we start to lose our measure of things that we should be concerned about. Yeah. And so we, uh, we almost get a paradox. So something will come about that we probably should be concerned and take care of. And we don't do that because we're so busy worried about everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. It's interesting how, if we really were to track our life, and the amount of things that are bad that happen that would, you know, instill us to feel anxious, go to fight or flight. Those moments are very few and far in between, yet we let our mind run as if they're always there and they're always happening. Yes, I agree. I used to say when we were in ICU, we had, everybody was hooked up to the cardiac monitor and all day long or all shift long, the monitor would constantly go off. And I would say to people, when the monitor went off, I didn't go get the crash cart. I went in. Sometimes they had just leaned over and disconnected a lead. But think about our thoughts. We think one little thought and then we say, oh, I know this means this and this is going to happen. And they are thinking this. And the poor body, without even realizing it, this is where we go to attachments and addictions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eat a little wine. If I vape, that's what I'm going to go to. Because the body really needs ease because the mind is constantly giving it very fearful energy or thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And I call those neuro associations. One thing happens and it triggers us to go to whatever bad habit that is, you know, it's like, oh, it's evening time. So I need a bottle of wine (laughs) right? or, you know, I, my boss yelled at me, so I need to go and eat some chocolate, right? Like, or something stressful happens. So we create these, those neuro associations and yeah, it's interesting how it impacts our actions as well. And then our physical body. So, so what do you recommend to people? So now that, you know, you're shedding some light on, you know, a lot of people have, oh, I, I don't say have a lot of people accept experience anxiousness. And I always remind my listeners, experiencing anxiousness, experiencing depression, having moments of PTSD, these are very normal emotions that people feel. It's just not normal. Like you were saying, when it's all the time, already always knowing the bad thing's going to happen and having that run, you know, just nonstop is exhausting. So what are some things that you recommend for people to do when they start to recognize like, Hey, my mind, I'm allowing it to essentially get the best of me. What are some strategies that you recommend for your clients to do? 
one of the first things I, I try to help people recognize is to be aware of it, not judge it. I can't believe I'm thinking this again. Why do I always yeah. worry? Be aware of it. Okay. So the body is cued and the, the mind is, is anxious or the mind is depressed. Likely the nervous system is out of balance. Most of us spend too much time in sympathetic, doing, 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 stimulated, scrolling, whatever. We're probably not spending enough time in parasympathetic mm -hmm. hobbies, exercise, spending time with friends. And so what's happening is the nervous system is getting out of balance. And now we're starting to, our mind is starting to get a little bit overactive. It's usually fairly easy to correct when we recognize that. And then we associate tools that will help us get through that. We just need to create a shift. Most people are not so great with self-care. I don't have time. And I say, you're never going to have time. You have to find time. You're never going to find time. You have to make time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, but then we find that when we have a few minutes, we get on our phone and we're scrolling. And so we're still very much in our sympathetic nervous system. Mm. So it's taking those moments to not reach for the phone and just breathe, do a mm -hmm. little breath work. And I was like, breath work doesn't mean you're doing some pattern breathing. It's just just breathe, <laughs> take a few deep breaths, let it go. Yeah. That's really, really important to yeah get to that rest, digest state, do things that are enjoyable and don't predict the worst. Yes. Create awareness. And sometimes you have to evaluate, why am I feeling this way? And I might say to myself, well, you know, you've been working X amount of hours and so forth, of course, you're going to be anxious. Now the mind is very active. Okay. Mm -hmm. So maybe I need to go back to my schedule and decide how I need to do this a little differently. So I'm not in this state. Yeah. Self-inventory is really important. And one thing that has helped me is instead of saying I have to, I say I'm choosing to, it's okay. just that vibrational frequency feels so different. When I say I have to, it feels more dense. When I say I choose to, it feels a lot lighter and feels way better. <laughs> I agree. I also do the same thing with I can't. Mm -hmm. not, I can't have that. I choose to have this. Yeah. It's just, again, it's just a different language and it's not so stressful on the body. Yeah. Yeah. And language is so important. I think that we forget how powerful our words are. And as you know, studying energy medicine, every word we speak carries a vibrational frequency. Yes. And so saying the word love versus saying the word hate feels very different in the body. Mm -hmm. And so then if we're constantly having, you know, 70,000 thoughts in a day, what are those thoughts and how is every thought and every word you're speaking impacting, you know, your body? It's really fascinating and incredible. I agree. You, the other thing that I try to think about is whatever your belief system is, whether you believe in God or the universe and so forth, when we need to learn something or when we need to grow and evolve, it's going to come to us through some sort of, I would say suffering, but something uncomfortable. And yet we take that and we hold it as if we're terrible people and I feel so guilty and why didn't I know? And yet it's trying to teach us something. So I try to also get people to think about it, reframe it a little bit. What can I learn from this? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're supposed to have hard times. We're supposed to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
that's the only way we grow is, is through the challenges and it's what our brains allow it to mean. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you said, like anything bad, I think I, I made this frequency vibrational chart and one of the lowest vibrational frequencies is shame. Yes. And people that carry so much shame, I have found have so many ailments, autoimmune stuff going on, always sick. It's really, really interesting, but yeah, it's, it's all, and it's all in our mind. <laughs> what I found interesting too, about shame, most of us, when we feel that low, we isolate, we can't, we can barely function, but mm -hmm. learning how to function with this very low vibrational frequency. And that's why I think we're seeing so much suicide. You know, they're pushing themselves in this very low vibrational frequency to the point where all of a sudden now they can't handle it anymore. And then they go to something drastic, just so sad. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. When you're in that state, it feels, I mean, I've been there, so it feels like a lifetime ago. It feels like, I mean, I was a different person back then, but it's it, my mind now can't make sense of it. But back then it felt like, well, yeah, like there's, it's almost like there's no other choice. Cause you feel so horrible and it's, yeah. It's an ugly place to be. <laughs> it really is. And people, when they stay there for long periods of time, they just want relief. Mm -hmm. And the only thing that they can think of sometimes is to do something drastic. And that's one extreme of it. And then at any time in our life that we're, we finally draw the line in the sand and say, no more, whatever it is in your life, those are the moments when we do something drastic. And it could be somebody who's on a weight loss program. They've tried every diet. They've done it over and over. And they finally get to the point where they are so sick of being sick, being overweight, feeling unhealthy, that they finally say no more. And that, you know, those points on the other end of it can be really empowering in our lives. That's the lowest end of it, which is doing something drastic is obviously, you know, that's life or death. But yeah, but it's, it's interesting how we can make our mind up over one thing that we want and then feel like we have no control over the other things that we want. <laughs> yes. That was one thing I really appreciated about the book that you wrote that I read because you really did some, a lot of focus on, we have to also take responsibility and make choices. Yeah. We have to do the work. And a lot of times we don't, we don't want to do the work, which I mean, that we understand that, but unless that, but that is a key point or, or key factor to health and wholeness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can be little changes over time, which is what I've found has yielded the best results. Yeah. We'll have that moment where we draw the line in the sand and say no more, but then it's taking the little steps over time and creating those, those habits you know, if we, if we never change our systems and habits, we'll continuously be the same. Life will yeah. continuously show up and unfold in the same exact way. So yeah, habits are, are very, very important. <laughs> and willingness is a very high vibrational energy. Yeah. Yeah. So I imagine that's the kind of client that you like to work with. And so do I, mm -hmm. because they're, they're sick and tired of being sick and tired mm -hmm. and they're willing to do the work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like whoever said doing the work is hard too. It's just different, mm -hmm. you know? And I, I, I always find that interesting. It's like, oh, well, it's so hard. It's like, how do you know it's so hard? Cause you haven't done it, <laughs> but we make that up in our mind. That keeps us where we are. Yeah. 
yeah, it gives us justification to keep mm-hmm. us where we're at, where we are. A hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you in your life, like going through this and being the person you were before you started looking at energy medicine and seeing this, how have you in your own mind mentally evolved and changed over the last, I think you said 10 years of doing this? So many ways. One is I really started to value my mental health. So I started meditating. I am never without a self-help book. As a therapist, you would think, you know, don't you specialize in that? But I, as soon as I I was reading about you, I ordered your book because I'm thinking, I want to learn. I want to learn more. So I'm constantly doing the work, constantly noticing and aware of my own energy. I'm very aware of the people that I'm with because they certainly impact me. My clients, I can't really control that, but I do my own work outside of the office so that I'm in a good state of mind to go in and help others. Yeah. Isn't it incredible that, so you've been in that capacity and then sometimes I wonder, and I don't know if you wonder this, but you're like, what the heck was I doing before? Like what? (laughs) Like, it's almost like, why did I not value my own mental health? Why didn't I not think to work on this thing? I was so focused on all the other things. I just find it interesting. Yes. And you had mentioned sort of that low vibrational. I feel like I was before always annoyed and angry, mm. always felt like I had an edge to me. And, you know, we blame it on all kinds of things, but I really, I really had to work through that because that was just a symptom that mentally I was not okay. And that was how it was manifesting. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love, I don't know if you said this on here or if it was before we were recording, but I love how you talk about, you know, the body is always giving us feedback mm-hmm. and it's what we choose to do with that feedback. That is, it's incredible. I mean, our bodies are intelligent and, you know, it's, it's very important that we don't cover up that feedback, you know, and I think the Western medicine route a lot of times is covering up the biofeedback that -hmm. your body's giving you. And we're not getting to the root issue, which, you know, usually is some type of emotional thing that's manifesting into a physical thing. But yeah, I find that really interesting as well. I do too. I see it a lot with weight. Mm -hmm. You know, we we go on these medications and we do these special diets and all that. And people want to have surgery. And I say, until you address the reason, the root cause of why you're going to food, it's the rest of the stuff is likely not going to help too much. Yeah. I don't know if you've noticed this, but one thing with working, especially with women and their weight, one of the common things that I see is the subconscious. These women have either been physically or sexually abused mm-hmm. and it's almost like a protection mechanism. If I keep this weight on, nobody's going to want to touch me again. Yes. Particularly with a lot of weight, 50 pounds. pounds. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Going more into the obese category for sure. There's a lot of pain behind that amount of weight. And again, until we dive in and address that, it's likely not going to change. And then unfortunately they become very unhealthy. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when you're working, say with somebody that is very overweight, but they are willing, because I know you work with the willing, Mm -hmm. what do you find is, is, 
has been helpful to help them start to lose the weight and to stick with something? What I try not to do is target the weight because mm -hmm. obviously it's very a side effect, <laughs> right? They yeah. know that they're overweight. They know they're yeah. 50 pounds overweight. They know they're 60 yeah. pounds overweight. So when I first meet them, I'm asking them a lot of questions. Do you have a, you have good friendships? What are your hobbies? You have a belief in God. And then at the end, I say, is there anything that you would consider to have been traumatic that you feel that you would like to share? It could be, you know, losing a job. I mean, it, it could be anything. And they may or may not share, but relationships, particularly when you deal with a lot of weight, that has to be earned. They have to earn your trust. So to go right in and go, okay, let's, let's address the weight. It's likely going to really cause them to not be as willing mm -hmm. because you're going to a very, uh, you know, they use that, as you said, to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. And if we go right in and try to sort of fix it, if you will, that's going to be very frightening. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so refreshing that you share that. I love that. One of the things I always tell people is we're not a weight loss business. Mm -hmm. So if weight loss is the only thing you want to focus on, we're not the ones for you, but weight loss is a side effect of what we do, mm -hmm. you know, but I have found too, that those that just want to lose the weight, they don't want to do the emotional part. Have you noticed that? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting. Energy is in the solar plexus is in the stomach. And that's a direct relationship that we do not have a good relationship with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so they're a little resistant to do something, even to come to therapy is a little bit tough. Yeah. Because therapy is something you do for yourself and, and they come, but their relationship with themselves is already not good. Mm -hmm. Manifested by weight. Also a lot of alcohol is also not a good relationship with the self. Very sensitive to criticism, a lot of fear, a lot of difficulty speaking up all yeah. sits in the belly. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely. So if people are sitting here wondering, well, what's this all about? And I mean, I've got physical things, but I, that can't be a mental thing. What would you say them or where would you encourage them to go to start dive into, you know, this type of thinking? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the first place to start is to go onto my website. It's uh, denisechonewall.com, D-E-N-I-S-E-S-C-H-O-N-W-A-L-D.com. There's a little 10-question quiz there just to assess your own mental health. So they'll get a, a little score. It's very quick and easy. If it takes five minutes, it takes a long time. I will email the person that submits a quiz, but I will not call them or so they no, no obligation and no worries that, that they'll get, you know, lots of emails. The second way is if I really appreciate that they are joining in and listening to this podcast on the website, contact me. I'd be happy to send them a free copy of my book, Healing Your Body by Mastering Your Minds. Just a little thank you for investing in your own mental health. And then also on my website is my calendar. I see clients in the state of Florida where I live and also nationally. So if they'd like to schedule an appointment, they can just pull up my calendar and I'd be happy to talk to them. Amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge today and your resources. And I appreciate that you make yourself available for people to reach out and be able to begin their healing process. Yes. So thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us today, you guys, on this Happy Whole You podcast. 
We are so stoked that you are listening. And if you have questions or want to reach out to us, you can always email us at info at happyholeyou.com. And you know where to find us at Happy Whole You on Facebook and at Happy Whole You on Instagram. So have a wonderful day. Have a great week. And we will see you soon.